Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. Oh, it wasn't an overnight thing. We all know that Judas had to go through, you know, the denial. Jesus had to go through the streets carrying the cross. He had to hang on the cross. They put him in the tomb thinking he was dead. And stupid was believing that. You know that. But Jesus was just laying there waiting for, because he said he would get up, you know. And the truth is he was never dead. He was down there visiting stupid. And we sit around today. Come on, y'all. Don't get mad at me. I did it too. And say, the devil is just beating on me. It's not the devil beating on us. It's false doctrine. It's false ideology. It's not realizing that the power of God is nigh unto your own lips. Well, the devil gave me this disease. No, it was eating too many hamburgers. Or something. See, the devil doesn't have authority that we don't, and you know this, but I'm just going to say this, that we don't actually give him. Well, I need deliverance. We just need to walk outside and in faith for whatever it is that has been assigned to us to cripple us and cause us not to walk in faith. We just need to make a choice. What a powerful choice. What a powerful people we are when we choose to walk in the dominion that God gave us. Let's talk about dominion. What is dominion? Dominion means to dominate. Wives, you've got it down. I love you dearly, but my wife knows how to dominate my decisions. So the other, she does, and she doesn't mean to. I think, I think something happened to them in the garden. I really do. And God says, you can keep it. And they said, thank you very much. My husband will need this. But anyway, dominate means that I can persuade you and cause you to do exactly what I'm forcibly with spirit intending. Somebody says, well, I don't know why they got into that. You don't? Well, see, mom and daddy years and years ago Grew up in a society where some of that stuff wasn't even talked about or dealt with at all. So generationally speaking, we come, here we go. We got sons and daughters who are highly called to the Spirit of the Lord. And all of a sudden, Acts 2 ain't taking place because the Holy Ghost didn't do this. Something else did. And it's what wasn't perhaps mentioned, taught, dealt with to empower that son so that they could know the dominion power of the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, we're shocked because we don't know what's going on. Well, what's going on is Satan does not want the kingdom advancing. So he's chosen to pick on you, fella. I'm not picking on you. I'm just mentioning that, you know. So he's chosen to pick on me. So I go around and I try to find somebody who can figure out why the devil would be picking on me. Why is everybody always picking on me? Well, see, I'm highly chosen, and so are you, and we are highly called of the Lord. Because we have dominion power in our time. We 
we're ushering the Holy Spirit into the earth. We're ushering signs, wonders, and miracles. We are preaching and teaching things that our other generations didn't know about, so they couldn't. See, anything that doesn't grow is dying. Anything that doesn't advance is regressing. Anything that's not progressive is disallowing God to speak further. And so to really build something for the Holy Spirit to move in in our time, we have to be daring and open and honest to understand that when the enemy imposed his culture upon society, it was to stop revelation power. It was to stop the revealing of God. It was to stop you or me from being able to advance in anything that was greater than what was. So when the devil took over from Adam, he imposed the culture from his kingdom on humanity. Let's talk about his kingdom. I can talk about a lot of kingdoms, and I won't take very long this morning. We can continue this. But the kingdom of hate. Now, we know we hear this on the news all the time, but what is hate? Where does hate come from? The kingdom of insecurity. Why would we be insecure? Because we didn't know what I just talked about. So we walk in, what, do, what, what does she think about me? What does she think about me? What does he think about me? Instead of, what does he think about me? The kingdom of insecurity. He imposed that upon us so we wouldn't walk in what he thinks about us, but what you think about us so you can dominionize my life. You think I'm ugly? I think I'm ugly. You think I'm pretty? I think I'm pretty. You think I'm good? I think I'm good. You think I'm bad? I think I'm bad. If you do it long enough, I'll believe you because of the relationship that we might have. So in, in truth, he imposed upon society something that we can't preach away, but we have to have revelation power through the Holy Spirit to be able to divide ourselves in truth rightly. So to be revealed, God, God to be revealed means he has to be released, and he can only be released by the word. Now, God gave us a very grace-filled ear to be able to hear the word, but he gave us also something that has to then go to war, and that's the warrior within us that has to war against unbelief. Because unbelief is founded in us when we have truths in us that we believe are true but are not true. In other words, we've founded our belief systems on something to be rather than something that has already happened. We're always waiting on God to do something when it's already happened and we're just catching up with it. Oh, come on, sometimes you got to step back into the problem to find out you had the answer all the time. You don't step into the answer to find out you had a problem. You step back into the problem to find out that you always had the answer. So God works from the reverse. And so in reality, sitting here today, miracles are waiting on every one of us because assignments are on every one of us. Deliverance is there for every one of us because, again, assignments are for every one of us. You may not even speak in tongues today. I don't know. But I will guarantee you, if you have the Holy Ghost, you got some fruit in your basket. Something is going on in your life that people can say, surely that man knows the Lord. Tongues do not declare to me that you are full of the Holy Ghost. They declare to me that you've met him, but they don't declare to me that you're full of the Holy Ghost. It's when you're full of love instead of hate and you're full of joy instead of all the other that doesn't go with it that I know you've met and have the Holy Ghost. It's when you can sustain and maintain. So when we grab hold of what it is that God has for us, what we're doing is we're allowing ourselves to actually embrace a whole different view of ourselves as well as others. 
there's hope for everybody. And if we can't see hope for everybody, we can't help anyone. When Jesus came on the scene, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. Now, why would he say that? Because a world system had already been established. My kingdom does not look or sound like what everyone is saying. And he said, Jesus, and he said that because he said, I have to impose through you the culture of heaven on the earth. Well, what is the culture of heaven? We've never been there, so what is it? Well, as we read the word, we find out that there's a lot of things that we can bring to earth that are just supernatural. They're just absolutely amazing. Number one, if any man comes to God, the Bible says, what will he do? He'll deny himself. Well, that means you deny yourself the right to believe what you're telling you negatively toward what God is doing in you. If any man will come after me, you can't go after God and believe that stuff. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, then take up what? Yeah, so you got to know what you're sacrificing. you got to know what you're, you're going to do with that. Well, you're going to put it in a place where it no longer dominates. Deliverance is not that you don't remember it happened. Deliverance is not that you don't get tempted again. Deliverance is as you have authority over those things. And you're going to walk in those things. How many people have had reoccurring after, after being healed? You had a reoccurrence of something. Look at this. You got dominion over it. You say, oh, well, God healed me. Where, why did it come back? You have dominion over it. I'll never forget when the doctors told my mom, he's not going to live. No matter what we do, he's not going to live. And here's what I said. Then God lied. Because God gave me a vision of my life. Many years later. But did I suffer? Yes. Did I almost die? Absolutely. Did everything look like it was totally dark? Yes. But because I believed what he showed me, he had to appear. And I remember when he appeared. I remember when he appeared in that room, and I heard things I'd never heard before, and I actually thought I was passing, you know, going to go over. But what I was hearing was, is I was hearing worship that dominated atmospheres. I thought, why would worship be something he'd want me to hear? Because God lives, God abides, and God does a miracle where presence is. Now, who was doing that worship? I don't know who they were. But it was someone who had overcome. It wasn't angels. It was someone who had overcome. You can't impart what you haven't walked through. Someone who had over. And I heard the sounds of how great his healing power was. I heard all those sounds. But yet it was host of individuals not speaking, but singing. What is a song but a poetic flow?
that comes from the altar of your heart. That the enemy cannot penetrate. That he can't find words to interpret. Because he never can get in your heart. This is why it's so important to understand when there's atmospheres of worship going on that you find your poetic place. Wherever it is that you feel God is worthy of you saying that you begin to sing it to him. Dominate the atmosphere. Dominate the atmosphere. You say, well, I'm just not made that way. Me either. See, I learned. I heard. I understood that I had to make a decision. I can be without his presence. I can be saved. I can speak in tongues. I can go to church. I can wait for the preacher to shut up so I can go eat. Or I can really get involved with God. I got a decision. I can be an old-time Pentecostal, and I can tell you that it ain't just this and that and the other that's going to get you to heaven. I can tear you apart. Or I can leave you alone, and I can just serve God. Because, see, the only person that can dominate you anyway is the Holy Spirit. The only person that can translate to you the language of God is the Holy Ghost. So what we believe is a product of what we've been taught. Not only a product of what we've been taught, but much of it, circumstantially, what we've experienced. Whether it be victorious or non-victorious. See, we've grown up as human beings from one seed. Just takes one seed, one seed to make, yet it took many seeds. But just one seed is where we came from. Oh, it takes one real God seed in you to produce a whole tree of fruit. One apple seed planted correctly and nourished can create a tree that produces hundreds of apples. So if we're properly taught and we properly engage and we properly move forward, we will have much fruit on our personal lives and in our personal lives. But because we are battling all the time, we are fighting something all the time, we forget to plant and nourish. We forget that we were put here to bring the kingdom of God to the earth. We forget it because we're so self-involved and circumstantially taught that we forget to usher the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. But Bishop, what about the coming of the Lord? What about it? What about the coming of the Lord? Is that our mission? Is that what God told us to just preach and teach? No, he said go and replenish the earth. And then he said to seed it with him. He gave the church a commission. He didn't give us a commission that we should be all engaged in tomorrow. He gave us a commission that we should be engaged in the present. When God thinks that there's enough seed in the earth and enough apples on his tree, he'll show up. There ain't no use in us trying to make it a perplexing situation or hurrying him up because you'll not do either one. When God decides that the earth is 
praising him and the sound of heaven equals the sound of earth, you'll probably hear the sound of God. When you hear the church take its place as God had designed it to be, you'll probably hear the heaven splitting and the earth deciding that Jesus is Lord of both. Can you say amen, both heaven and earth? But until then, we have to learn that we have a commission and that we are not to decide upon who is and who is not and when is and when is he not going to get here and do his thing. Because it doesn't work out well. Because people live in disappointment constantly because they don't get their way. Well, I've never got my way serving God. As a matter of fact, he and I have argued over that many times. I thought, why don't you just let me do one or two things I want to do? Here's what he said, go right ahead. Go right ahead. And when he would say that, it was a decision that I had to make, and I could no more blame him for not doing it. The love of God constrained me. Can you say amen? So God's come to impose his nature through Jesus Christ. I'm hurrying, but harvest comes in multiples. What time do y'all normally get out? Huh? Well, now, wait a minute. I want you to come back and not go out and say, that's a long-winded preacher I've heard. Holy Ghost is not stupid. He knows people. <laughs> but anyway, uh, here, let's, let's go over here with this. Listen, um, as a matter of fact, I had this for you when I was here for anniversary, but I wanted to hear Matt preaching. Didn't he do a fabulous job, Pastor Matt? Wow, he's so good. Amen. <laughs> Harvest and multiplication are built into the systems of increase. Everybody say systems of increase. See, I am a system of increase. You are made to make money. You are made to have good marriages. You are made to have good friends. You are made to have uh, strong relationships. You are made to have businesses. You are made to govern the earth. That's what you're created for. And until we understand that, we're always going to live substandard because we accept the fact that we're going to have it in the future. Well, if you, you can't get an education without application. Now, I don't know where we got this fabulistic idea that heaven's just going to snap a finger and all of a sudden we're going to be smart. Because you don't get smart with a snap of the finger. You get smart by studying to show yourself proof, maybe, or you probably get wisdom more than smart. But anyway, when we get to the point to where we understand then that increase is what I was made for, we do then know that we have to take dominion over decrease. You got to care if your seats are full or not. These are not apostle seats, first lady Leela's seats, ministry team seats. These are your seats. These are your fruit. This is your fruit. It's his fruit based on how you ate it, but it's your fruit. Sheep beget sheep, am I correct? All right, so I'm not rebuking. I just want you to think about that. So if they are your fruits, you have then the grace and the liberty and the ability within you to reproduce. So don't be intimidated by sharing Jesus with nobody. Don't be intimidated. I don't care if you have to go through 50 people. Don't be intimidated because one seed can produce an entire apple tree. So we have to decide, we have to make a decision. 
am I going to work toward producing fruit, or am I just going to try to get through this weary land? See, when you have fruit, you have increase. When you have increase, you have wealth. When you have wealth, you have power. Money answereth all things, the Scripture says. Well, in reality, when you have children that reproduce you, such as Apostle does, you're wealthy because your tomorrow is already built. The voice of the Lord doesn't have to be searched for. It's already imparted. So safety is in the house. Can you say amen? Glory to God. And the anointing does duplicate, and the anointing also manifests through duplication. You see, so there, there's only one way for us to really see the future, and that is always to understand the law of kinds. Everybody say, the law of kinds. What kind am I? What follows me? That's the kind I am. What follows my family? That's the kind we are. It's called the law of kinds. Somebody says, I don't know why that this thing is following me. Because you're keeping company. That's how, that's how he imparts his culture to the earth is through the law of kinds. Have you ever been with people and you think, they're not my kind of people? Nobody but me? This is only water. It's nothing else. They're not my kind of people. So what do you do with that? You don't do well. You do as best as you can, but you don't do well because they can't hear you. They're on a different cultural basis than you are, and it's very difficult to communicate. So you get through it. That's kind of like the church is. They just get through it. Because the kinds are not with them. They're very lonely. They're very by themselves. They have no friends and family that are spiritually on their level. They're just going to church and, as I said earlier, waiting on me to shut up so he can go eat type stuff. And we're saved and we're good people, but we're not productive people. When we're not productive people, that means that we're going to be a mess because we're about us more than anything else. You see, to make money, a person has to learn where to put it so that they're able to build from it. I mean, having money is as important as knowing what to do with it. Come on, y'all, listen to me. Having a saved person in the earth is no problem for Jesus. But do we know what he wants to do with it? Why would he make that big investment and then let life continue and time continue unless he had a plan for it. Doesn't make any sense. I mean, he should have saved us and killed us. It would have been an easier journey, right? But he didn't. He has a plan for it. I want you all to grab this before you go home today. And don't think that you're not special because you're as special as anybody because the same anointing that was on Adam and Eve or is on, on, on uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the same anointing is on us. The same anointing, the same Jesus that, raised, uh, the same, that got up from the dead, that, that same anointing's in us. The same thing. But yet maybe we don't, I don't, maybe you don't, we don't know what to do with it. Did you know it is so important, I believe this as I grow older especially, to know what to do with anything. The other day I was, my desk is all piled up with correspondence, and I looked at them and I said, if I haven't answered you yet, you're going to the shredder. 
Because I obviously looked at that and put it aside thinking, it, it, I'll do this later. You're not important. So it, I carried a bunch of stuff to the shredder. I felt so good about it because my desk, I could see the top of it. If they want me, they will recommunicate. Can you say amen? We have to learn what to do with something. Well, you know, the, 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 there's another time that somebody called me up and they asked me a question and they said, what would you do uh, with this? And I said, I have no idea because I've never had responsibility over that. You're going to have to call somebody that's had the same responsibility over something that you're asking me. This was years ago because now I know what to do with it. But I didn't know what to do with it. They said, well, you just don't want to answer me. I said, sir, I don't have the capability to answer you. Wisdom is crying in the street, but you want an ignorant man to answer you. We've got to know how to receive information and how to give information so we can have productive lives. Can you say amen? God wants you to have many blessings in life. He wants you to go out of here today knowing there is no hopeless man, no saved hopeless man. There is no one in this room that cannot touch heaven. There's no one in this room that cannot touch God. If you understand the devil cannot separate you from your prayers. He cannot separate you from anything God gave you because it was divinely given to you by his own choosing. Yet, many times we don't know. The law of kinds is everything produces after its own kind. If we want a certain kind, we have to plant a certain kind of seed. If you don't like what, you're, what you got, how many ever said, I don't like this? Then we stop planting it. decision. I just don't like the way this is going. It ain't my fault. I didn't plant your tree. I had a couple come to me one time and they said, I just don't like the way this church is going. I said, you know, there's a hundred more in town. I did. I said it. They said, well, the very idea that you say that to us, we've been here for five years. I said, and you liked it up until when? you got to figure this out. Why don't you like it? Nothing's changed. We've grown. We, we, we still produce the Word. The Holy Ghost is here. We've got worship. I mean, I don't know what you think church should produce. Well, I don't think I thought about it like that. I thought, well, let's do. Let's talk about this. If I am over a ministry and we have a clean and good worship team, we provide you with word that's as, as, as knowledgeable as we know how to give you. We visit you. We, we have ministry that's visiting you, taking care of you. This was several years ago. We have staff. We have, we have people who you can counsel with. I mean, we got it all. We don't beg you for money. We should, but we don't, especially you. That's what I'm thinking. And you come up in here and tell me, you don't like the church. I didn't take it personal. I just thought it, I am talking to stupid. Now, how after five years am I talking to stupid? I wonder if God ever said that about me. I wonder, you know, did he not hear me the first time I said it? I probably didn't. The truth is, is I never engaged myself with that knowledge. That couple is still there. They never engaged themselves with the knowledge that it was their responsibility to grow rather than just find a church. You got church hoppers, I'm sure. We got them. Y'all got any church hoppers? 
You know what church hoppers mean? I saw you over there last week. I saw you over there a couple days ago. Did you enjoy it? Oh, my God, the power is over there. Brother, you got to come visit. Now, see, I, wanna, I know y'all get mad at me, probably won't come back, but that is so stupid. When you take the path of least resistance, you don't feel no conviction. Ain't nobody pastoring you. you you're not up under no authority. All you're going to get on is get your emotion going on and shake, baby, shake. I've been doing this for 50 years. I can say this, and I know folks. And they always think it's always better. I'm going to put my cow over in your pastor. No, you're not. My sheep need all that grass. And, and the, the truth is, is we don't, I don't receive people like that. I'm telling you straight up. And I'm not talking about nobody who's not happy or, or somebody's not assigned to a ministry. you got to know you're called to a place. And you got to be released from that place to be in order. I don't care if you're a preacher. I don't care if you're a saint. I don't care what you are because that's the way the word works. But anyway, I, I, I they just hop from here to there. Matter of fact, I used to. I haven't been able to go to different churches in our city because I try. And I'm sisters. I got members in every church. It's wonderful. We have reunion. Did you know every one of them that hopped to tell everybody what a great preacher I am? I thought, no, you don't believe that. That's the way with God. You're so good, God. And all of a sudden, something don't go right in our life, and we think, hmm, I ain't going to church today. If the Lord was who he said he was, he wouldn't let me have to walk through. He didn't let you do anything. Anything that rebellious can't be let do nothing. They already made up their mind to do it. God ain't nowhere in that. Yet we always blaming God for something that God didn't even say. I had a woman walk up to me one time, lay her hand on my head and started giving me a prophecy. And I listened and I listened and I listened. I said, lady, who are you talking about? She went. I said, who are you talking about? You. I said, oh, no, that ain't me. That is not me. That's what the Lord showed me. I said, well, I'm sorry, but it ain't me. Number one, I didn't come from where you say I did. Everybody knows it, so you might want to hush. Number two, I did. Number two, I've never done that sin in my life. I might have wanted to, but I didn't get to. I didn't do it. So you are dealing with familiarity. See, she's talking to another prophet. And I said, I will tell you something. Familiarity is an enemy to God's truth. Now, you may be real familiar with each other in this audience, but you could be the enemy of somebody's deliverance. The more familiar you get with the problems of an individual, the greater risk you take to judge. If you understand how God does this, God doesn't remember. He looks to see. And Moses, I'm going to preach this if I can. And Moses looked the, uh, to an, in another direction. God wants us to understand that when we reproduce, we reproduce with victories, with defeats, with problems, with successes, failures. We walk through life and we find ourselves reproducing better people as we learn how to deal with the structures of heaven and how to dominionize situations and how to place them 
in proper perspective while we walk through to produce the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, the Bible said, is not meat, nor is it drink, which means you do not deal naturally with anything that is spiritual. The kingdom of God is spiritual. The Bible said it's not by might, nor is it by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. So when we look into the perspective of God's view of man, we understand that when he went to the cross, he said, I'm saving you whether you like it or not. I'm going to give you a decision to be able to, uh, you to be able to make a decision. I'm going to give you the power. When you make that decision, I've saved you once and for all, the Bible said. So here we are standing in the blood of Jesus Christ, falling down, getting up, moving forward, reproducing, causing God to be seen in victory, causing God to be seen in defeat, causing God to be seen in places we wish he wouldn't show up. But God shows up in your life in every place you're in. There is no place you can go. David said, if I go to hell, God is with me. He will show up wherever you are because you are his. When he took charge of you, he meant to work with you until you see the victories and you see the overcoming power that God directed to your life. Hallelujah to the name of the Most High God who is all in all and greater is he that is within me than he that's in the world. Number two is the law of diversity. Diversity. God doesn't make one species or one thing. He didn't just make one version of a vow, but made dozens of kinds, dozens of vows. There's 147 different species of bees. Did y'all know that? I looked that up and I thought, well, that's a lot of bees. Yet when a bee flies by, I don't know what species that bee is unless it stings me. And it's a dead species. But 147 different species of bees. And we wonder why some of our kids are weird. Hmm. In certain sectors of the United States anyway, there's 147. The same is true of most animals in the animal kingdom. When you're sowing in kind, you also are sowing diversely. Diversity. We don't like diversity. You know why? Because it takes us out of our comfort zones. We like folks like we are. Yet we really don't because we don't get along with them, but we do like them. I mean, you know, you can't get along with yourself too long. I guess the rest of you haven't tried it. You try it, and you'll find out it's true. When you're sowing in kind, you're sowing diversity. Sow your gift. That's what we do. We sow our gift. What are you going to do in this house? You're going to sow your gift. How's your gift defined by those who have authority over you? Where are you needed? See, the body functions properly by assignment, not by calling. Well, I'm called to preach. I don't need a preacher. I need an usher that can say amen. <laughs> oh, y'all, ain't nobody listening to me today. When you're sowing a kind, come on, we sow our knowledge, and we reap in the kingdom. 
Every how we're assigned, every how we sow, we'll reap in the kingdom. Duplicate God's law of sowing and reaping. All right. Now, here's the title of God's kingdom. I'm going to stop here because there's a bunch there. It's generosity. Did you ever think the devil was generous? Hmm? Why'd you say think the Lord in the scriptures wrote that, you know, and said, bring ye the tithe and the offerings to the storehouse of God, so that what? Yeah. And what did he say he would re- do if you did that? Heaven would rebuke the. So the devil likes to take stuff that ain't his. Stay with me now. You'll get to eat in about 50 minutes or something. The devil likes to take stuff like not his. So we decide, well, you know, tithing is kind of a lawful idea. You know, you're right. Because in the kingdom, he just gets whatever it needs to produce what God called you to be part of. So I'd be glad 10% is what we still let happen because it takes a lot more than that sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, we won't meddle there much longer. But anyway, we're always saying, you know, we don't have to do this. We don't have to do that. Honey, you don't have to get married. You don't have to go to work. You don't have to drink water. But there's a result at the end of all of those choices. You don't have to love. You don't have to do nothing. You can just sit around and be a have-not. And blame everybody else because you ain't got nothing. Again, I don't know who chose that, but it wasn't me for you. But anyway, you don't have to do nothing. But here's what the Bible says. How many of you believe the Bible is the word of the Lord? Yes, the Bible says. The Bible says that that's how God had uh, the writers. They put it down. They, ins- they were inspired, and they put his thoughts down on paper. So that's what we have to go by. So it's worked for me. But anyway, th- here, here we are. So we bring in 10% of our income to the Lord. The gas pumps are getting more than that, I guarantee you. But anyway, 10%. And um, we think that's a big deal. Why, my God, what are they doing with my money? Do you ask the United States of America what they're doing with your gas taxes? Do you ask that question or do you just pay them, huh? Do you ask the president what he's doing at the border or do you just sit and watch the news and throw hardballs at it? What are you doing, you know? You see, do we get to ask the question or do we just get to have benefit of the results? Benefit of the results because who you put over yourself as a king is what kind of kingdom you've got over yourself. We can't do much about the border, but we can do something about the borders in our life. Are you hearing me? We can do something about the borders in our life. And so if we obey the Lord and we do what God has said for us, he said, you know what, Gary, I'm going to do for you what I said I would do. I'm going to rebuke the devourer. So any time that something comes along that looks like it's going to steal, rob, or kill, listen to me. You're legal. You just say, I've already done what you said to do, and you invite Invoke the vengeance of the Lord. The Bible said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So here goes the devil running because he's not going to get to take what you've already bought insurance on. So we don't have to do nothing, but the benefits of serving God are beyond their mind-blowing. In the law of logic and rationale, you can say, if I sow in a famine, I reap a harvest. If I sow a tomato, I'll not be surprised when I reap a tomato. Why? You've seen it happen. 
But have you ever sowed in a famine in your life? Have you ever praised God when you thought you were going to die? Have you ever done that? Then you know it goes beyond rationale. It's a kingdom principle. It's a dominant desire, and it is a choice. It'll be a choice for you and me as to how we're going to have our lives formed and how we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to use us and to promote us in our coming years. But he had a plan, and he still does. He just wants that to be discovered under correct authority and leadership so that we're able to be able to blend with the body's mind and heart so that the earth can be a better place to live. I'm going to put this down because there's no need to go on, but what I will say to you is we are praying for God to do something in our earth, right? How many of you have ever said, Lord, you just got to do something? Yet God did not, and I want you to, this is for thought. Does he do supernatural things? We know that. Many miracles here. Does, does, is he, is he uh, sovereign? Yes. So I'm not discounting that. But what I want you to know, God does not elect officials. God does not make mayoral choices for cities. God does not elect senators. God does not put in any position, anybody. We do. The earth is what we make it. It's not a sign of anything but an irresponsible thought process in the spiritual kingdom. If the spiritual kingdom of God, the church, would take responsibility to seek God, to bring the generation in front of us and educate them to do more than preach from a pulpit, we will change our world. Preaching from a pulpit is wonderful, but birthing those who have the clout, the ability to change nations in the world by decision-making is reversing the climate of hell and pushing it outside the realms of government so that thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in the earth is possible. So instead of us waiting for God to do something, we need to get on our feet. When they, she sang this morning about the miracles and the pray, all that beautiful song, they're going to do that. I want you all to get back up here because when I close, I want to hear that again. And we're going to stand up and we're going to ask God to put in our hearts that our sons and daughters will not run after some of these crazy ideas that are in the earth right now because they don't know who they are. We want to assign them the knowledge that they can do the impossible, that they can become so much more than we ever could. And that is by the choosing of their own hearts, that they can make the earth a better place. You may say, well, you keep talking about my assignment is to raise the church to its highest potential. My assignment is to make it known that Jesus Christ is Lord in the embassy of the Lord. This is the embassy of the Lord. 
This is not just a counseling place. This is not just a singing place. This is not just a place where we come on Sunday morning, but you are the place where God's government resides. The Bible says you are kings and priests unto what? Royal, you're a royal priest. We do that with a royal priesthood and a holy nation. Hallelujah. What is a nation? But it is a people under government producing the image of something that they envisioned. Come on, somebody, and tell me your family cannot come to God by the choosing of your prayer life. Don't tell me that heaven don't listen to the words that come out of your mouth. Don't tell me that heaven don't listen to the praise that come out your mouth. Don't tell me that God don't know when you say, help me, Lord. Because God is listening for one of his counselors to stand up and decree, this is the day the Lord has made. I refuse to have any other choice in my life but to see the glory of the Lord. When you say thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, what we're saying is heaven invade my earth. Does it feel good? No. Does it look good? Not all the time. Does it sound good? Not all the time. But it is always good. Because the tearing down has to happen before the building up. We have to destroy something before we can rebuild. Can you say amen? Y'all come on. I want you to stand to your feet. Tonight, I want to, I want to continue preaching to you. Y'all, we, we, we can hear God speak to us and something's going to happen good in your life. If you'll let the Holy Spirit make a deposit in your life, he'll build your faith. He'll help you. That's my desire, that you're able to come out of this place and this meeting. In these days, we're going to have one such a better person, a better, better, better grip on everything. But I know we need the atmosphere of miracles for that to happen. Can you say amen? And I'm not saying that everything that's happened to you was your personal choice. You inherited some things. But I am saying it is our personal choice to say you got to go. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So lift your hands today. Let's worship the Lord as, as we end this service. Thank you for listening today to the Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.